Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. So this time we are talking about leadership styles and how you can define and explain what your leadership style is. And this has come off the back of some of the work that I do with one-to-one leadership coaching clients, but also for you, Pam, it's something that people quite often get asked to interview, isn't it? Yeah. And it it comes up a lot, but I think just understanding it generally is going to help you as a leader and also for when you do go for those interviews, especially as you move up the ladder. So why does it matter then? Why does somebody need to really give some thought and consideration to what their leadership style is? I think as time's gone on, like years ago when I first did leadership training, it was all about the basic styles that most people will know, like the autocratic, democratic, laissez-faire type of things. When you were thinking about what type of leader am I, you would very much put yourself into one of those boxes. And it was like, this is the type of leader and different organizations or different people might have different views over which was the best one and then people would tend to badge themselves as this is the kind of leader that I am but I think now as time's gone on we've moved forward and we're thinking about how do we create those high performing work environments how do we make sure people are engaged and motivated I think understanding your own leadership style is not only going to benefit you but it will benefit your team and the business generally because If you understand how you work, what suits you and how you get the best out of people, then the the benefits are going to be endless, really, aren't they? Yeah, I like to think of defining your leadership style as being the process of creating an expectation for that you can then meet. So there's defining it for yourself in your own head and being clear on what your approach to leadership is, what your philosophy is. And then there's also that kind of communication piece with other people. So what do other people expect? What are they likely to see from you? And I think it's really interesting that you talk about those different frameworks because there's so many of them out there. And yeah, definitely like you, the first ones, shows how old we are, the first ones (laughs) that I was ever trained in was exactly that, the autocratic, democratic and laissez-faire. And I think with not just with those, but you've also got things like transactional and transformational leadership. You've got Goleman's leadership styles from Dan Goleman that created the emotional intelligence framework. You've got situational leadership by Hersey and Blanchard. So there's all of these different kind of frameworks. And I think when people think about their leadership style, that's often the first place that their mind will go to is depending upon what they've been trained in or what they're familiar with. That's the natural way to analyze and define and think which of those am I closest to. 
And I think often then that gets a bit confusing because people are like, oh, sometimes I'm like that and sometimes I'm like that or I'm a bit of this, but with a bit of that or in this situation, I'm a bit like this or with this person or type of person, I'm a bit like that. So, yeah, I feel like the frameworks and models are an interesting topic because they're often the way that people would first come across trying to define their leadership style, but they're also quite constraining would be my experience of them. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you start looking into the different types of frameworks that are out there, you probably see yourself in more than one. And the way that you do things, you'll see some days or depending on what work you are actually doing at the time, you might switch between them. And I think they're all really useful. But I think the key is understanding what is your own leadership style? What is your preference? What do you do without trying to put yourself into a framework? It's like understanding more about you first. So thinking about the way that you currently lead, what gets the best out of people and really analyzing your own current style and thinking about the areas where you find things challenging or when where things feel like really easy and in flow, where you get the best out of people. I think that's a really good indicator, isn't it? I think that's a really helpful point that if you start looking at those first, you're driven towards trying to be what is perceived to be the best of those different styles. So if I take Goldman's leadership styles, for example, there was some research that went with those that were suggested that the um, pace setting style, for example, is broadly a negative style, but it can be right in certain circumstances and it identified certain circumstances so then as as an individual if you're looking at that and you most relate to that as an approach then there's that sense of oh but actually the research that that's negative so then the temptation can be okay so I should be more like this and look at the other styles and pick the style that is most associated with positive and try and be like that So you're looking outside first rather than, like you say, looking at who you are, what you're about, what comes naturally, what your strengths are, all of those types of things. Yeah, definitely. And I think once you understand what your strengths are, and I think any leadership development, and you're the expert in this, you can probably tell me if I'm on on the right track, but I always think that leaders need to really dig into what makes them tick in order to then be able to translate that into something that works for their team and I think so many leaders in my experience especially when I'm doing interview prep with people and trying to pull out some of that key information from them they have gone along on the track following the different frameworks listening to different managers and leaders and trying to adapt their styles and their ways of working that they go along and what they end up with is this kind of approach that isn't really them but they don't really know how to articulate it either because it wasn't their approach or their preferred style so it all ends up quite jumbled so then I always say let's go back to basics right okay so tell me about you what makes you tick and based on that what how have you used elements of what makes you tick to motivate your team and engage them 
better. What's your view on that? Because that's, I always think when you break it down, you get to, you get underneath, don't you get underneath the skin of how somebody leads and what's going on for them. Yeah. And it's quite common for me that this is the early part of, or fits in as part of the early work that I do with a new leadership coaching client, because a lot of my clients are either aspiring for promotion or have been promoted. And then there are a whole host of challenges that come with that. So you go from being a manager where things have often worked out quite well, and suddenly you have this leadership title or this leadership responsibility. And there's this kind of gap of, okay, so what does that actually mean? What does me as a leader look like, as opposed to when I was a manager before? And so a lot of it for me is exactly what you were describing of, okay, let's strip things back. Let's understand who are you? What are you about? You've got to be true to yourself. So you've got to know yourself in order to do that. You've also got to be able to be flexible to the demands of the individuals and the situation. And I look at leadership more broadly as well than just leading teams. So I always when I so the, the first question I typically ask people around their leadership is what do you want to be known for? What do you want other people to say about you and your leadership when you are not there? And the purpose of that question, and it originally came. So when I first got promoted way back, it was a question that my first coach asked me and it stayed with me because what that did was really made me stop and think what do I want other people to think? And I encourage people not just to think about their team because your team will see you in one context as a leader, but leadership is broader than that. So what do you want your boss to see and say about your leadership? What do you want peers and colleagues to say and think of you and your leadership approach? What about clients, suppliers, other people that you have a relationship with because leadership is not just about how you are with your team. It's how you are generally and how you carry yourself and how you operate. You can be a leader in any role in a business and you can be in a leadership role and really struggle to lead. So it's marrying those things up and it absolutely starts with that self-awareness and that question of what do you want to be known for? What do you want others to say? is so helpful because it forms the platform then where you can be intentional of, okay, and now what do I need to do to make sure that is what people think and say? Yeah, that is a really good point. And that'll probably be useful for people in lots of different situations, especially where you're talking about the promotion side of things there. When people are going for promotion, they've not been in in an actual leadership role but they're talking about how they would step into that like all of this stuff is so useful for that as well isn't it because being a leader isn't just about leading the teams and that is what we always think isn't it it's like how have you led in other situations how how do you be the best leader that you can be even when you've not got that team and it's something that we completely miss as part of our development, I think, because we're just so focused on, right, I'm going to be a manager or I'm going to be a leader or I'm going to be a senior leader and then I'm going to manage this team. How do I keep them motivated? How do I get the best from them? When all of the time, if you're just focusing on you and your leadership skills, then that is going to help you and help them. But we do the the team stuff first, don't we? 
it, it's it's crazy the way you, you you think leadership and you automatically think team don't you it was an interesting one because I saw a question not long ago from somebody who was it's chicken and egg how do I get the opportunity without having the experience and that pretty much similar to what you were describing was my response of it's all in how you position yourself and you have to see yourself as a leader and understand what that demands of you and think and operate in that way and that is what creates the impression in other people so beyond deciding what you want to be known for the next step then for me is okay how do you get a picture of what other people do say and think of you and in my preparing for promotion program that's something in in the first week that I ask people to go away and get feedback on is where do people see you what feedback is there for what is the gap between where you want to get to and where you are right now. And that's obviously broader than just leadership skill and capacity, but leadership style and approach is often one of the most fundamental things. When people say that really irritating, oh, they're just not ready yet, it's often because they they can't articulate exactly what they mean, but there's just something that's stopping them seeing you in that leadership level and so often trying to get to the bottom of understanding okay and what is it about how I am and how I operate now that is making you think or feel that what would you expect what does good look like often that's when you can start to tease out that difference between what do you want people to say and what do they currently how do they currently perceive you yeah I think that that is a brilliant piece of advice because it is the difference between taking that next step up sooner rather than later because if you are constantly hitting a brick wall where especially if it's internal promotions and you're constantly hitting that brick wall that says you're not quite ready not quite there yet but you never really get the feedback as to why you're not quite there yet so you just keep going for the interviews rather than looking at okay, what work do I need to do between now and the next opportunity? What work needs to take place? What do I need to do? How it, It's almost like it's personal brand, isn't it? It's raising your profile within the organization. But in order to do that, you do need that little bit of feedback and not necessarily interview feedback because we always say that doesn't matter. But it's the feedback from the colleagues and the managers and the stakeholders that you're working with, you can ask them, how do you see me? Like you've said, and what do I need to do? Because you can gather all the feedback. You can see if any of it makes sense. And then you can just pick out the bits that you think, yeah, do you know what? I can really work on this. And it will be the difference between taking that next step up and not, or how quickly you do that. And I've seen so many people really focusing on on what do I need to do to be seen as a leader rather than become a leader it's like how do I be seen as a leader to really accelerate the progress yeah and when you start to define your leadership style for yourself in your own head how do I want to lead how do I want to be perceived then what you then naturally do is start to consider okay where are there opportunities for me to do more of that? Where are there opportunities where I can demonstrate? A good example would be if somebody 
recognizes that as a leader, they want to. So some of the common answers that I get to that question of what do you want other people to say about you would often be clear, direct, caring, develops others, lots of these really good qualities that people ask the kind of leader I want to be. I don't want to be an authoritarian boss. I want to be someone who really supports other people. I want to be someone who creates opportunities for other people. And when you start to think about that, then there are often opportunities in what you're doing now where you can start to, for example, be more clear, be more challenging, bring more ideas to the table, and you can start to create that perception in the people who you want to see you as a leader of those kinds of qualities. Because as an example, I the whole of my career was always passionate about developing other people. So alongside whatever was part of my job role, I mentored people when I was working as a bank manager. I spent ages supporting one of my team to help them prepare for their mortgage exams. And that was never about what was expected or what was part of the job role. That was about me really being driven by that passion for developing people. And that's a theme that I've It's something that if I were to define my leadership style, I would say is really central to it, is that's the kind of leader that I want to be seen as, is someone who develops and supports other people, who isn't threatened by other people, but who relishes when members of their team thrive and progress and get other opportunities. So there's always been opportunities for me to do that, even before I was in a leadership role. That is a good point as well, because what it comes down to is what do you enjoy doing? And you can look at what you enjoy doing, but then you can also look at the things that challenge you and the things that make you feel threatened. And you can look at those things and think, okay, how can I overcome these things? How do I get to grips with these things? And when you start looking at things under the microscope, it does really help you become a better leader. So rather than just kinds of getting your head down and just getting through each day and just getting through each week etc you can start unpicking things and really pushing yourself to to develop those areas and and like you one of my big things as a leader was it was about developing my team because I always felt like if I'm not moving my team on if they're not developing and progressing then I I always felt like that reflected on me as a leader and that was something I enjoyed doing so I was constantly working with my team looking at how can we move you on to the next level but also how can we retain the talent as well obviously sometimes you would lose people to different companies and you bring in new people I always loved bringing in new people and training them up that was a huge part of what I enjoyed doing and even now I see those people that I brought in that I gave a chance to and showed them this is how you lead this is how you bring people in you you get them up to standards show them the ropes and then you let them fly and it creates such a nice team environment but talking about leadership style like if I was to try and put that into a box or into a framework it's with all of the other elements it's it doesn't really sit in one framework and I suppose that's the danger because depending on what companies you work for and what training is on offer they're going to show you maybe one framework or a couple of frameworks and then you're going to then put yourself into this box and then think this is the only way 
Whereas it's just being that little bit more open-minded, isn't it? And knowing that there's more to leadership and leadership styles and there's lots of frameworks, but you don't have to put yourself into a box. You just need to stay true to yourself. I much prefer the term leadership approach or leadership strengths rather than asking someone to define or articulate their leadership style because for me, there are three kind of crucial elements that I see consistently from the best leaders. And that is that they're true to themselves, that they are flexible to the circumstances, the context, the situation, the people. So they will not lead and operate the same in every situation. They will adapt to what's required. If you're going to lead in a fast growing scale up, that's a very different situation and context and what you will need to bring from your leadership approach and your leadership strengths will be different in that context than if you are leading in, for example, a very steady, significant corporate where there's a lot of structure that's already there and your approach as well in terms of how you interact with people will be different depending upon what opportunities are there. So if you, in a scale-up situation, if you know that the ambition of the business is to double in the next 12 to 24 months, then that element of your leadership approach and leadership strengths is going to be all the more important as opposed to if you're operating in that steadier environment a lot of that can be about being able to stretch people and keep people motivated, even though there might not be opportunities created by changes to the business. You might have 27 people who are ready for promotion and you might only have four promotions that become available in the next 12 months. So how you keep that engagement level is a very different leadership challenge and requires different aspects. So that third element, so you've got staying true to you, you've got the flexibility to adapt to the situation and the context. And then the third crucial element for me is the judgment to understand how to bring those things together. How do you bring being true to yourself together with the context or the situation? Because if you don't have the judgment to do that effectively, the risk is that you try and do what's working for other people. You clutch at straws and look around. Whereas if you've got that judgment to really discern and understand what's the difference between this situation or this person, what do they need? And the flexibility to adapt to that, then you can operate far more successfully. So yeah, that for me is a is a much stronger model of thinking about leadership approach, leadership strengths, as opposed to leadership style. Because if you are successful as a leader, you will have multiple styles that will be relevant according to the context and who you're leading. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And that is absolutely brilliant advice. And I think if you are in that situation in an interview and you get asked about leadership styles rather than trying to think what leadership style do they want to hear about or what approach do they want to hear about it's it's more about you saying look there are many out there there are many leadership styles many leadership approaches so it's going to be really dependent on the situation and just showing your awareness that there are many out there and you might even want to give some examples around in this situation I would do x or in that situation I would take this approach 
And just to give some context around this, so you're not skirting around the question where you're like, oh yeah, there's loads out there. It probably just depends on the situation. You're saying, yeah, there are many approaches. However, in the past, in this situation, I took this approach. And in that situation, I took that approach. And it really does depend on what is going on as to, to what, what approach I will take. And it's all about assessing the situation, isn't it? And the people involved within that situation. It really is. The other thing I would say as a recruiter is that one of the things that can be really helpful with that question, whether you're asked about your leadership approach or defining your leadership style, is if you've done that piece that we were talking about of getting that feedback, you can then very naturally and very authentically say, actually, one of the things that's important to me is to get that feedback to know whether my approach is hitting the mark. These are some of the things that other people have said when I did that most recently. And as a recruiter, I'd be like, okay, wow, this person's got the self-awareness to actually seek feedback on, are they hitting the mark? It would show that it was authentic because you're not going to have just made up a load of stuff that people have said in order to come to the interview and come across that way. So for me, that then becomes, it's not you saying this is what I think people think. It's you giving other people's words and language around how you operate as a leader. And from a recruiter perspective, it's been very rare that people have volunteered that. And I've sometimes asked the question of what do other people say about your management or leadership style? But when people do proactively share that, it is a real kind of, okay, this person has got the self-awareness, the humility to understand that maybe they're not perfect and they need to seek feedback and they are willing to share. This is what other people do, which makes it for me, it's that kind of social proof, isn't it? It feels far more authentic when you know that it's something that you've asked and other people have said. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely love that as well, because when you are interviewing people and they give you that little bit of extra context and show that level of self-awareness, it literally sets them apart from every other candidate because most people will just go in there and say what they think people want to hear. You never really get that real sense of a person in an interview. So when somebody gives you that and they back it up and give you the context, it, it literally just blows you away. And I think that is, that's how you make yourself a standout candidate, isn't it? And like you say, it's that it's it comes back to being true to you, doesn't it? It comes back to this is you being true to you as opposed to you second guessing what I might be thinking or wanting as a recruiter. And therefore that for me definitely stands people head and shoulders, but they're already winning at that point. If I get that sense that this is a very real, very grounded person who is sharing doesn't necessarily always mean that you're going to get the job. But as we've said many times on this podcast, recruitment is a two way process and therefore, if that's not what people are looking for and you've been really true to yourself, that's okay. That's not the environment for you. Next. Yeah, exactly. That, and that that is what it's all about, isn't it? So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for listening. And please do share it with anybody that you think might find it useful too. And don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. And we will be back next week with another episode.